I'm Chris Motes, and this is Faith in Politics. On this broadcast, we range from the soul to the state as we cultivate those virtues and explore those principles that help us live well as faithful Catholics in this great land. Well, welcome back for another episode, folks. We are in the thick of the legislative session. Before we get into our topic for the day, and I introduce our guest, I'm going to just give a little update here on what is happening in the Capitol. If you go to sdcatholicconference.org under state government, the 2022 session, click that, you're going to see the list of all of the bills that the Bishop's Conference has taken a position on thus far this session. Several of them kind of still working their way through the legislative process. Senate Bill 71 is a bill to expand South Dakota's tax credit scholarship program. Uh, It's currently capped at $2 million. This bill is seeking to raise the cap to $3.5 million, and that's simply because there are lots of kids in need that would like to go to a Catholic school or another private school in their community, Um, but the the program just doesn't have enough scholarship dollars in it right now, and so there's a waiting list. So this is a program that really helps families in, in need, families of modest means, be able to send their kids to a little bit of help to go to a parochial school if if that's what uh, their parent would like to, to do for them. We support that bill. It was supposed to be up in its House committee. It's already made it through the Senate. Strong vote there. It's supposed to be up in the House committee last week, but was deferred due to some illness of some members. So I think we're going to see that up in committee this next week. You can reach out to your House uh, members and, and give your support. Next is Senate Bill 46. This is a bill that safeguards fairness in women's sports in recent years, as we've seen just a bit of um, discussion, confusion, questions, concerns surrounding gender ideology, a very sensitive topic in society. And it's sensitive because there are people who really um, just just struggle with an inner, inner experience of identity. And of course, we are all made as male or female, and it's it's part of just happiness, uh, health, wholeness, holiness, to come to embrace and love who it is uh, that God created us to be. This this bill recognizes the importance of of to be a, a male, to be a female, and what that means for athletic competition, especially for for youth. Uh, Senate Bill Forty Six um, has been through Senate Committee, Senate Floor, House Committee was up on the floor yesterday, and there was a bit of uh, procedural um, uh, maneuvering that delayed the vote. We'll expect to see a vote on that uh, in the coming days. Um, We do expect that bill to make it to the governor's desk. That's Senate Bill 46. Next, House Bill 1113. This is a bill that was just filed uh, this week, has not yet had its first committee hearing. It'll be heard in House Judiciary, I think, House Judiciary Committee. This is a bill that uh, makes it a Class 5 felony to threaten a woman with um, kidnapping, assault, um, murder, uh, in order to coerce her uh, into an abortion. We already have a uh, law in the books that makes it a very serious crime to threaten her in that way if it results in in an abortion. This bill would would add just the mere threat, even if it doesn't actually end up resulting in an abortion. The mere threat would be a class five felony, which is along the lines of um, similar threats that would be made to law enforcement officials, to jurors, uh, to constitutional officers, other other people that are in um, positions that we really need to safeguard. Expectant mothers are in those positions too. So they just really need to be honored, affirmed, loved, and supported uh, when they're expecting a child. So this is a a good addition to our criminal law. We stand in support, House Bill 1113. That will be scheduled for hearing in the coming days. Also, House Bill 1005. 
This is um, another bill kind of centering around this sensitive topic of, of gender ideology. This is a bill that simply says that for, for kids in a school, that, um, that public restrooms, uh, public multi-occupancy locker rooms, if it's, not a, if it's multi-occupancy and not a single um, person restroom, that those, those places are really um, designed for boys or for girls and shouldn't be mixed use places. If you, there's a very beautiful passage in the catechism on, on modesty and, and what that means for us. And that's, that's what really what we wanted. That's a value we want to safeguard for children in those, those intimate spaces. So that's a bill we stand in support of. Um, and then lastly, a bill that, that we oppose uh, was just filed um, on uh, Thursday, last week, as you're listening to this, Senate Bill 137. Senate Bill 137 uh, is a bill that seeks to affirmatively legalize the practice of commercial surrogacy in South Dakota. And of course, um, there are a number of ethical concerns that surround surrogacy. We, this is an issue we've covered on the podcast and, and program a number of times in the past. One of, one of the most pressing concerns, and, and there are several, but one of the most pressing concerns is the reality that of children that are created in a laboratory in vitro, which means in glass, um, sort of in a, in a lab dish, uh, only 7% of those children will ever survive uh, to birth. The others are destroyed, are frozen indefinitely, or just simply don't survive the risks of the process. Um, additionally, as we look at this law, we, we see that these children don't have any rights to a relationship with the birth mother. They don't necessarily have any rights to a relationship with uh, the genetic father or genetic mother. The, the child is really treated as the subject or product of a contract. And of course, we know that that um, all human beings are to be treated as persons, truly, at all times, rather than than products. So we really urge that when it comes to um, the way in which our laws in South Dakota deal with children especially, whenever there would arise a need to sever a legal relationship between a parent and child, which sadly happens sometimes due to um, you know, very tragic circumstances, difficult circumstances where somebody has to give a child up for adoption. The, our state adoption code is really the gold standard for, um, for, for keeping children front and center, keeping their best interests front and center, and treating them truly as, as persons who, who need to be safeguarded in law rather than, than as the product of a contract. So we oppose Senate Bill 137. And I, I do think it's important to say, too, on that topic that that people struggling with infertility, um, that this really, we have to recognize that this is really, a, this is a burden. This is a cross that many people bear. And so that this, that in, in looking at this situation, um, people who carry this cross really are deserving our, of, our, of our love and support in so many ways, but simply that surrogacy isn't the, isn't the right answer to this pain. So these are, these are the bills. You can go to sdcatholicconference.org under state government 2022 session. Look at all of our position statements. If you want to see exactly where those bills are at in the legislative process, you can go to sdlegislature.gov and you can click on 2020 bills, punch in the bill number and pull up where exactly it's at in the process. And of course, Citizenship 101. I always encourage if you know nothing else, you got to know who represents you. Uh, in the state legislature. So go to, um, at the state legislative website, sdlegislature.gov, click on legislators, and you, you can click find my legislators and figure out who your senator and two representatives are. 
Very important to know that so you can reach out and send them a quick email. They'll read it. If you email them, they're, they're going to read it. And it's really important to give them feedback. They really rely on, on feedback from their constituents. Okay, turning to our topic at hand, I am very pleased to welcome to the program Father uh, Joe Fursell, a priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Um, back in November, kind of right around election time, um, Father Forsell directed a day of recollection at Broomtree Retreat Center in South Dakota called God and Country, Prayer in the Midst of Conflict and Grace. We're going to talk about that topic today. Father Forsell, welcome to the show. Thank you. Very happy to be with you. I'm pleased you're here. Like I said, I'm very interested in this topic. And before we, before we jump into it, can you maybe just tell our listeners a little bit about who you are? Uh, yes, I've been uh, a priest for 42 years. Uh, it'll be 42 on the 31st of May this year. Uh, I was ordained in 1980 for the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis. And four years later, through some negotiation between Archbishop Roach and uh, Bishop Paul Dudley at the time, uh, I was loaned to the Diocese of Sioux Falls to become the director of the youth office at that time. So uh, I'm one of uh, Eric Gallagher's predecessors from way back when. Okay. Uh, once I got out into the prairies, I fell in love with the much smaller parish sizes and the uh, uh, wide open spaces. Uh, I'm a rural kid myself. I grew up in Faribault, Minnesota, the same as uh, Bishop DeGroote. Uh, as a matter of fact, our families know each other. Uh, it's uh, It's been really interesting to uh, uh, be here in South Dakota for uh, since 1984 was when I made the move. Uh, shortly after that, uh, I was made pastor at Beersford in Centerville uh, and then have just moved around to a lot of different things. Um, I got a master's degree in clinical psychology at SDSU back in the 90s and worked with Catholic Family Services for a number of years and uh, was actually for about 10 years a licensed clinical therapist. Uh, I also uh, was director of the Newman Center at both uh, SDSU and Brookings during the uh, mid-90s, uh, followed Father Chuck Simple there, and then uh, Father, uh, I followed Father Mark Lichter uh, in the year 2000 as the director of the Newman Center at USD. So uh, I've got a lot of campus ministry, a lot of uh, wide variety of experiences, and uh, just really do love being a small town pastor. I'm currently the pastor now for over 10 years at St. Leo the Great in Tyndall, South Dakota and St. Vincent de Paul in uh, Springfield. And then with my connection with Springfield, I also do some part-time chaplaincy for the state prison there. Oh, wonderful. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm learning things about you too. That's like, okay, now I've got all these other show topic ideas based on some of your, some of your past stuff. But we don't have we don't have time for all that today. We're gonna we're gonna get into this um, this topic, God and country, prayer in the midst mm-hmm. of conflict and grace. And you know, just the timing of talking about God and country last November, the election that's when people start to feel a little more like, Oh, what's, what's going on here? You know, a little more like internal turmoil. I certainly get it too. Um, personally. Mm -hmm. And I, and I hear from people, one of the things that I encourage people to do that, um, you know, when, when some of this national stuff is really just roiling their hearts is to have, you know, take a look at your own community, take a look at your own state, but that spiritual life too is so important. So let's, let's jump in where, you know, how do you, how how did you start this, day of recollection? Where's, what's the foundation for it? Well, the first thing I did was I shared with them a very good short story. It's called The Man Without a Country. 
by Edward Hale. It was from uh, the late 1890s. Uh, and in that story, which is, of course, post-Civil War and uh, right at the beginning of the Spanish-American War in American history, uh, it was about some people who went to uh, uh, Baton Rouge and other cities down in Louisiana, uh, especially New Orleans, the port city there. And what they were trying to do was to foment a revolution to get Louisiana into the United States at that time, historically. And several of the uh, of the people that were plotting this were actually arrested. And one of them was a naval officer at the time, and he was tried for treason and uh, and insurrection. So during the midst of his trial, he became so frustrated that he just stood up, pounded the table and said, God damn the United States of America. I wish I may never hear of the United States ever again. And the tribunal granted his request. Wow. He was then sentenced for the rest of his life to be shuttled from one ship to another, to never set foot on American soil. And the people, the sailors on board those American ships were ordered to never speak to him, never let him see anything that reminded him of the United States. They literally even cut out the words United States of America out of newspapers and articles that he was given to read just so that he would never see it again for the rest of his life. Wow. Wow. I'm, I mean, even just like thinking about, well, what if this was me? Even as we feel difficulty with our country, what a, what a horrible thing to be completely banished from it and to be a man mm-hmm. without a country. What's the, right. I mean, what's the spiritual lesson um, that, that we can draw out of this? Well, there, there's a number of them, really. Uh, for me, one of the first things is, is don't let your passions rule you. Yeah. I mean, this man said something in the heat of of anger in the moment that he was in. And, uh, you know, I would imagine he was probably only about 19 years old at the time. Yeah. You know, uh, so you know, it's, it's just one of those things where far too often in what's going on in politics today, we do let our passions rule. Yeah. We, we don't stop and think about what we're doing. We just kind of charge ahead. Well, that's everything that's been happening from, uh, you know, we see all of these things where uh, in the early days of the pandemic, where people were burning cities and they were tearing down businesses, they were trying to set up pseudo governments, like in the midst of Seattle, Washington, and, right. uh, you know, and, uh, you know, all of these kinds of things that were going on. And of course, even the insurrection at the uh, at the at the national capital. I mean, you know, all of those things show what happens when people just let passion run loose. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, thinking back to the the riots of the summer of 2020, we had all these pandemic rules in place across the country, but all of a sudden, the passions even predominated um, over these rules, and it's uh, it's all of a sudden okay. And I think we can all identify in that in some way. Even if we're not joining a mob to burn a city, I think one one place in which passions can sort of um, we can all see this in places like you know Twitter or Facebook. That's oh these, boy. These, these, yes. are, these are places where so many of us are virtually, mm-hmm. and that the yes. passions sometimes. Oh, did I really think before I hit? send on that send. right <laughs> there you go. yes yeah yeah and and then the spiritual part of it is you know uh are we taking time to reflect and to pray about what we're feeling yeah uh, i mean it's it's a process of discernment 
You know, if you're trying to discern, should I marry this person? Should I go into seminary? Should I take this career choice? Uh, should I, you know, uh, should I be in this relationship with this other person? All of that takes time for reflection, prayer, and, and discernment. And when the passions are rolling, discernment just kind of goes right out the window. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, yeah, the, 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 it's so true. It, even just thinking about the example of not hitting send too quickly, but to just like, not even just take a deep breath right in that moment, but to actually, I, I think sometimes the first step can even just be acknowledging what's happening within ourselves and, and mm-hmm. okay, oh, this is happening to me right now. I have this experience of emotion and turning that over to right. the Lord. Right. I remember when I was director at uh, the Newman Center at USD, uh, 2001, yeah. Bishop Carlson was then Bishop of the diocese. And uh, after the 9-11 attack, the students were just in an uproar. Uh, I got called in to become the new chaplain for the ROTC program there in the midst of all of that. Wow. Uh, because the, the commander of the ROTC had just barely left his assignment at the Pentagon when that was bombed. Oh, my. He was like less than three weeks away from that assignment when friends that he knew had been killed in that attack. Uh, you know, so we've got all of this going on and these young people who are, they'd never experienced war, right, never. Right. Uh, and uh, Bishop Carlson so beautifully and pastorally came down and spent time with our students there for an entire day. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like two days afterwards and he came and just sat in the, the student lounge and we invited, uh, you know, the president of the university came in and, uh, several of the counseling staff, and and we just spent the entire day just trying to process what had just happened. You know, and it's it's so important that, uh, you know, what Bishop Carlson did, and he really led by his example, was he said, we need to pray our way through this. Mm -hmm. We, We can't just be charging through different things. We have to pray our way through it. Yeah, and just a a quick little prayer tool for, I don't know if you've, advise people to use this one, but I've heard it many times from, from other priests is the uh, acknowledge, relate, receive, respond. So acknowledge mm-hmm. what's happening right here, um, <clears throat> relate it to the Lord, and then just receive whatever it is he's saying and respond. Okay, this is what the Lord is asking me to do with this. So acknowledge, sure. acknowledge, relate, receive, respond. What other, so the kind of a first lesson would be, okay, be aware of your passions and and pray your way through them. What other lessons might there be for us in in this short story, Man Without a Country? Okay. Well, one of the things is is that when the Spanish-American War erupted, he was on board one of the ships that was attacked. And he actually rallied the men that were on board the ship and got them to repel the invasion. I mean, uh, you know, it was just something that uh, he rediscovered his patriotism Mm. when it was under attack. Yeah. You know, and and I think that's something that we can do from a spiritual level is we can rediscover that gift. Uh, you know, to think that we live in a nation where people don't have the right to tell you that you can't pray. Mm. You know, uh, to think that we live in a place where you can do public displays of your own personal faith. Yep. And that's protected. Yes. That's protected. Yes. See, and. Uh, you know, I think sometimes, you know, I'm sure he regretted his statement at the courtroom when he was such a young man, but 
now he was just looking and saying, okay, they need me. Yeah. They need me, you know, and he could see himself then again as a part of the nation. I, I he was, he was actually given a citation by the Navy did, post, uh, posthumously, uh, but, uh, you know, the, the captain on board, whatever ship he was in, carried that uh, for him because he couldn't receive it himself uh, because of the injunctions. Uh, but the, the captains of the ships where he was in residence uh, kept it for him. Do, do you think within that, that's the sort of heroism of, of, of repelling this enemy attack, that there's maybe a bit of, um, I don't know, um, it, maybe it's a metaphor for for redemption in a certain sense, a restoration, not... Oh, I, I definitely think so. Uh, it was really interesting that, uh, you know, one of the things that came up when I was doing the workshop then was we began to take a look at music. Think about all of the patriotic songs that are out there. Yeah. And some of the titles that we came up with, uh, I, what I did was I, I, I uh, went with the group that was there, about oh, about 30 people. And what we did was we listed as many different songs that are often used in church that actually are patriotic. What, what are some and, of the ones uh, that, that, that people will know? Well, I've got the list in front of me here. You if tell you want us. me to yeah, just please. kind of run through here. Yeah. Okay. Well, the first one that was up there, of course, was God Bless America. Yeah. Uh, then, of course, uh, the Lee Greenwood song, God Bless the USA. Sure. Uh, then America, the Star Spangled Banner, uh, America the Beautiful, Amazing Grace, uh, How Great Thou Art, Battle Hymn of the Republic, yep. uh, A Mighty Fortress, Rise Up, O Church of God, Faith of Our Fathers, Onward Christian Soldiers, yes. Rock of Ages, Yankee Doodle Dandy. Yeah. When Johnny comes marching home and uh, there were just one after the other, some of them rose out of the slavery age and the civil war. And some of them came about just throughout the uh, other times of, of embattlement that the country went through. But in each and every instance, when they felt themselves oppressed or embattled, they all turned to prayer. Mm. And these songs are expressions of that. Can, can you say a little more about, I mean, you, you've related this word patriotism in sort of him, you know, a resurgence of patriotism and repelling this attack. What, how can we understand as Christians what patriotism is maybe as a, as a virtue for us? Okay. I think the best example that I can give is uh, I had the privilege to be the state chaplain for the Knights of Columbus for four years. Yeah. Okay. The fourth degree of the Knights of Columbus is patriotism. You know, uh, and so many people wonder about that, you know, uh, but when you stop and think that I would say better than 25 percent of all members of the Knights of Columbus are also veterans. Yeah, uh, it's, it's really interesting to take a look at that and to see that what the fourth degree is all about is uh, you take your love of God. And then you ask him to embrace the country where you live, because the Knights of Columbus right now are in 15 nations all around the globe. Yeah. You know, yeah. and yet that fourth degree is patriotism where they're encouraged to love their countrymen. 
yes. just as much as they they are to do anything else. So I think that's probably the best example that I could give. No, I love it. And I think about that virtue a lot. I, I work in the Chancery Building is where I have an office for the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And right above, it's an old school building, right above um, the the lintel that's above the door. It's an old stone thing. It says, Prodeo sure. et Patria. This Patria. For, for country. Yeah. But even if- and that was actually a battle cry that was used during the uh, Revolutionary War. And there's this link too that, and I think this is um, Donus et Nobis, and pa- how does it, the hymn go? It's a Eucharistic hymn, I think from Thomas Aquinas. Um, at, at, uh, and patria is is uh, in the Latin patria, but in that dona nobis patriam. Yeah, uh, and then one of the verses includes that whole thing. Yeah, the, in patria, but in there, it's it, it actually is linked to our final homeland in heaven. There we go. So it, for there me, for me, yeah. it's like okay, there's a link that I'm supposed to live out my call towards this final homeland, even in my homeland right here. That uh, right. Anyhow, so. Well, I got a couple of scripture passages that I marked off that I used on that day. One Please. of them is from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 13, and it starts with verse 7. But the whole chapter 13 is, is entitled in the New American Bible. It's called Obedience to Authority. Sure. And what Paul's writing, now we have to remember that when Paul's writing this letter, he hasn't met the Roman community yet. Yep. This letter is a way of personal introduction to the community about what he teaches hmm. and what they can expect when he arrives in Rome. You know, So uh, he says, let every person be subordinate to the higher authorities, for there is no authority except from God. Yep. And those that exist have been established by God. Yes. Okay, now Thomas Aquinas, of course, whose feast day we're celebrating today, goes even further with that in the Summa, and he talks about how important it is to be obedient and cooperative. And he even writes about the the great dignity of the career of politics. Mm. You know, and this is in the 13th century he's writing about this. Wow. Yeah. So we've got a couple minutes left, Father. Can you maybe just share a little bit about as a pastor, some of the, just what you're seeing in your parishioners, maybe people that were uh, attended this day of rec- recollection, maybe trends in kind of what you're seeing in, is the, in things people are wrestling with and just some spiritual counsel that, that you give to people who, who are experiencing this, this turmoil as relates to the broader picture of what's happening in their country. I think the biggest thing I'm seeing is turmoil fatigue is the phrase that I would use to describe it. Yeah. People are tired of constantly being on alert, yeah. whether it's about COVID or whether it's about an insurrection or whether it's about this, that, or the other thing, or that political stance, or this person got appointed or that one got elected or not elected. And, you know, and, and people are just fatigued. Mm. We, we, you know, it's so hard to, Uh, You know, and so what I'm seeing for most people is that they have completely shut off the news. Yep. Uh, They refuse to go on social media with anyone that's talking politics. Yep. Uh, You know, (laughs) I mean, it's it's just amazing what I'm what I'm seeing and hearing from people. And uh, actually, I find it quite encouraging because what it says is that common sense is trying to take over and say we've had enough. Yeah. Yeah. Go to, go to your room now. Be a good boy or good girl and just stop fighting with each other is kind of what I'm hearing. Yes. 
Well, that's, that's so good. And there's so much, I think, wisdom to be taken from this day of recollection. God and country, prayer in the midst of conflict and grace. If you yourself, uh, dear listener, are kind of experiencing this, this turmoil in the midst of conflict, seek grace. Go to take it to prayer. Give it to the Lord. Father Joe Forsell, thank you for joining us today. And thank you as always, dear listeners, for tuning in. Until next time, live well.